you know, so toga in the morning. Um, one day I learned how to tie a toga, and that made me feel very special. So I felt like I, I should have my own talk show. And I hired Bjork and my little brother to be on the talk show. Um, my brother and I are both Diplo brats, so we grew up, you know, drinking around the world. And, uh, yeah, we're going to just give our opinions on whatever's going on, pop culture, thoughts on our head, um, the relevant things going on in the world. We're going to get Bjork's thoughts on all of that, which is usually pretty interesting. And we're going to have some fun with it. That's right. And I'll tell you, I did not come cheap. I wanted 50% more than Bjork to establish dominance. And Bjork's, like, really famous, and neither of us are, so, that you know, that was tough to deal with. But luckily she uh, works for free and just calls it performance art, so. <laughs> I got screwed on that one. Yeah. Luckily Sasha makes twice what she makes, but still nothing. <laughs> I thought a 200% raise over Bjork? That's, uh, that's great, and that way I don't even have to ask for a raise. Every time she gets one, I'll just get bumped up automatically. Um, but it's a but lot lo like... and behold, I was tricked. Yeah, I took my cues from a Jarakowski's Dune where he tells Salvador Dali that he's going to get $200,000 per minute, and then he puts him in the movie for about five minutes. That was kind of what I was working with, but I did better because, you know, didn't have to pay him anything. In, indeed you did. Yeah, so I thought we could start uh, this time with a segment that we skipped last time because of uh, time constraints and because we hadn't come up with a reason for it, but um, we could do Pop Culture Apologist, which is where I apologize for things in pop culture that I'm actually unfortunately a fan of because, um, as our listeners know, I'm, I'm just a big whore and I'm really easy, and it's not that hard to please me. It's, not only do our listeners know that, so does everyone down by the docks. Oh, boy. It's true. Yeah. Docs are full of people that know docks. that. And they're also... Uh, <laughs> Rough crowd. Exactly. The Charlottesville um, Docs. They're all... Yeah. And while I can apologize for, you know, the Charlottesville Docs and, you know, the general smells that most of the people's their penises have, um, I can also apologize for things in pop culture that have similar smells coming out of them, to be quite honest. One of those is more broadly appealing, so let's do that one. <laughs> yeah. So, the listeners will know that I'm an uh, unashamed fan of Ed Sheeran. It's, I'm probably his oldest fan at 29. Um, I'm sure if I went to a concert, it would just be me and a bunch of 12-year-olds, all, all screaming at about the same pitch. Um, but, uh, here's my apology for Ed Sheeran. Would you, would you like to hear it? Yes, I would, and I'd just like to note that I am a uh, slightly shameful Ed Sheeran fan. I have a healthy sense yeah. of shame about it. <laughs> and, and we all should. So I'm going to pull that hipster move and to say that I discovered Ed Sheeran before he hit it big um, on YouTube um, when he was kind of a YouTube star, but he had not yet broken America or recorded his first album. And uh, I was attracted to a song where he was rapping and playing the guitar and doing it all with a loop pedal. It's called You Need Me, I Don't Need You, which is apparently how his record company about how his record company told him that he needed to dye his red hair because that was not cool, and he told them that he was a proud ginger and that he would keep his red hair, and he's probably the only person ever to say that in history. And have it so, work out for him. Yeah. And that's, that's an important distinction because it didn't work out for a lot of them. But, you know, in defense of him, he does play songs with Taylor Swift, and I was really, really angry when I found out he did that. But Kid left home when he was 17 to play music 
um, slept on people's couches, sold CDs out of his backpack, and pretty much was doing that until he was about 20 and suddenly kind of hit it big time and became famous. So that's a cool way to do things. He's doing it for the kind of handsome dudes that play guitar, speaking as, you know, a handsome but not too handsome dude that plays the guitar. Glad someone out there is doing it for us guys. Yes, and it's uh, it's nice to see a, uh, I'll go ahead and say positive role model for a ginger. You can be a pop star, yeah. too. Not me, though, but... Yeah. Hypothetical future ginger. And he plays, and he plays classical guitar with his hands, which is a baller move. And true to his home country of Europe, where people just play classical guitars for whatever reason. That's where the classical guitar comes from. Yeah. Well, I guess he's not from Europe anymore, thanks to the Brexit. But... Oh, that's right. That uh, uh, Great Britain is now independent from Europe. Um, yep. I don't Molded know. by the soft, dulcet tones of Ed Sheeran singing, they suddenly became prouder to be English, and it backfired. Now, Grisha, but I don't as them. students of history, we know that most secessions uh, often feature a uh, or lead to a civil war because of the hostility involved. Now, I can only assume mm-hmm. this will be the same, so... What do you think the likely outcome of the Great Britain versus Europe Civil War will be? Well, it it would be, it got pretty split among young and old people, so it would not be like a North versus South kind of situation, it would be a young versus old people situation, and having played old people in basketball before, I know how it's going to go. We're going to have them screwed. And listen to how fast that like techno and rap music those English kids listen to, I bet they can move their bodies really quickly get some stabs in. Plus, they're all fighting each other because of soccer all the time to train. Grisha? So, yeah. I think this is, I'm just realizing, this is the perfect opportunity and setting to do a totally modern reimagining of Braveheart featuring... Ooh! Well, I was gonna say, who was in the one? Mel Gibson? Yeah, let's just bring him back. Yeah. (laughs) And he'll play... He was great. Wait. Wait for it, Grisha. Everything will be modern, but Mel Gibson will play a time-traveling William Wallace who has to save Great okay. Britain from Europe. I mean, in a way, he was a time-traveling William Wallace because that queen he slept with in that movie should have been four historically. So I think he was already time-traveling in the movie just cool. so he could bone her. Or or a slightly <laughs> more salacious possibility, but cool. let's move away from that. I mean, it's good if you're using a time machine to not statutory rape someone and just, you know, make sweet love with them when it's legal. I, I fully support that. You know what? That is actually uh, pretty honorable. Yeah. Good on, good on you, William Wallace. Mm-hmm. I didn't really see that scene where they, like, built the time machine out of, like, cauterized iron and wood and kilts, but I think it must have been cut for time. <laughs> Mostly just... Naked men and a lot of blue paint, Grisha. It's in the DVD extras. Oh. Man, I've time. I've, yeah, when I've tried that, it hasn't resulted in time travel, but it's been great anyways. Well, you either didn't have enough blue paint or you didn't have enough naked men, Grisha. That's all I can say. Oh, man. I definitely have enough of the second thing, but yeah, stock up on more blue paint. Message, message received. All right. Yeah. Well, I think I'm more prepared to travel through time now. Um, I think we all are. Speaking of time travel, let's uh, let's travel through time uh, when both of us watched a film that we're about to review, because it was many years ago, um, and I barely remember this movie. I feel like I saw it on a plane, and then I saw, like, parts of it later, but not, like, in... It, it was like the film Blade Two, which I always saw unsequentially, you know? Um, 
Oh so my like, gosh. I'm, I'm not sure I've I would just like to point out all the way through. The I've just seen different most chunks of it. Perfect segue possible. If we what? wanted to time travel back to segment one fan theory time. Oh, I mean, if that involves time travel, I'm all for Are it. We gonna... You know? I can get the blue paint out, and Link and I can see what we can do. Link is my cat, by the way. He's gonna have to get extra naked. Mm hmm. So, on this segment of Fan Theory Time, we're actually gonna do Game of Thrones. And I'm gonna do. Yes! I'm gonna tell you about a theory that is basically fan <gasps> theories jumping the shark. But in the best possible way. Okay. And in a way that makes you know that people have uh, scoured these books for context clues, reading between the lines, backwards coded messages, all sorts of things. You know if the phrase is, yeah, you know if like the tagline is jumping the shark in the best possible way, we've got a lot to look forward to or a lot to look down on later. Either way, it's going to be noticeable. That's exactly correct. So this, in this, this I'd like to call the Tyrion time travel fetus theory. And mm -hmm. everyone knows Tyrion, the stunted, malformed dwarf. But you might yeah. ask, where did he come from? Out of his mother's vagina? Yes. But before that, where? Yeah, most people don't ask that second question, Grisha. Mm-hmm. I've heard uh, the answer is Taiwan Lannister. <laughs> Taiwan. Although not not everyone think that's the Lannister. <laughs> uh, yeah, not everyone think that's the case. But it could be Taiwan Lannister. Well, if you think about it... It could also be the Mad King. It, yes. But there could also be magical possibilities involved. Now, Grisha, can you think Magic. of a time in Game of Thrones... Thank you, Magic Hype Man. Um, where there was a deformed baby being born and a magical ritual taking place at the same time. Oh, oh boy. Uh, yes, uh, pick, pick me please. I, 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 I know when that happened. Um, yeah, when Daenerys gave birth to Khal Drogo's child. It, it didn't go well. We never got to see it, either in the books or um, the, you know, the show. So we just got reported on by that lady that we couldn't trust anyways because she was a witch, so it could have been anything. It's true. Now, in the books, they they intimate that the child was "quote unquote" stillborn, which, as we all know, is a uh, not a real thing. So mm -hmm. the idea is that as this magical ritual was happening, the deformed fetus got sucked into a time loop, and the time loop ends in uh, the present or. No, the past, <laughs> inside that woman's <laughs> vagina, and Tyrion comes out. Okay. And you might ask, yeah, it's a little... how the fuck did someone come up with that idea? And I think I know why. And the idea is mm -hmm. that's a somewhat rational explanation for why Tyrion could be a Targaryen and could be intimately related to dragons later. You might be riding them, you might be doing other fun stuff with them. But that would explain it without wow. without him actually being a bastard or some such. Wow, and yeah, and then he would be half Targaryen and half Khal Drogo, which you'd think would work out in a more impressive specimen than we actually get in Tyrion Lannister, but... That's right. I suppose... He's a pathetic piece of shit. 
I mean, you know, compared to what you would expect from, you know, how hot those babies would probably have to True. be if it was the time-traveling baby leave Daenerys, Stormborn, and uh, Khal Drogo, because imagine it'd be pretty symmetrical. Then again, you know, Peter Dinklage is pretty handsome for, for a dwarf. It's very, very handsome. So, you know, what can you say? I don't know. Is he traveling through time? He does seem to know a lot. True. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps he uses alcohol as a means of counteracting the negative impacts of the time travel. Yeah. That's why I use it. I mean, in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, it says that, yeah, and it's clearly stated in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that peanuts and salt help with um, whatever their version of being separated is, where you get transported, Star Trek style. Um, yeah, and then hyperspace, you need the peanuts to get the salt. So it would make sense that, you know, a little time travel, you'd want to, you know, soften soften the blow, so to speak. Loosen up the loosen up the limbs a little bit. Helps you slide through the time stream a little more readily. It all makes perfect sense, and I can't wait to see it in the next season on screen, Grisha. Oh, yeah. I mean, time-traveling cultures all call alcohol time loop. <laughs> Grisha, I believe that's copyright. That's true. <laughs> well, um, yes. And that's actually one of our sponsors. Uh, we are actually brought to you today by Time Loop. Um, comes in Jack Daniels flavor, gin flavor... Um, basically, it lubricates your sensation of how time is passing and how you feel about it. So, I mean, if that's not time traveling, what is? And we just like to remind our listeners to please drink time lube responsibly. Yeah, even though blacking out is, you know, the most basic form of time travel that humans can experience. <laughs> that's true. I've, I've experimented I mean, with that. <laughs> Yeah, you can experience, you know, we can experience it tonight at home. If we just drink enough, we're going to wake up tomorrow and be like, whoa, how'd I get here? That was There quick. are some Time negative time. side effects I've found. Yeah, so for as far as the rest of the universe is concerned, you're just still running around doing things. Yeah, it's true. I've tried wearing a pressure suit, but that did not improve the side effects, so I'll, I guess I'll just have to get back to the drawing board. Yeah, no, you got you to gotta chain yourself to your bed, um, and then, you know... People were really impressed when you're walking around downtown with the bed chained to you. They're like, man, this guy's trying. So, and ladies are impressed that you got the bed right there. So, you know, it's a win-win. Um, we're just saying, for those time travel aficionados that can't get there right now, let me tell you what, drink a bottle of tequila, you can time travel a little bit. Only time loop brand tequila works for me, though. No, they all work, but yeah, uh, buy Time Loop brand tequila, please. Please, please just buy it instead of the other ones. It's not available in liquor stores. You have to get it online, and that's not legal, but just do your best, folks. Yeah, and if listeners are wondering, this is copy straight from the ad company. Oh, yeah. We're just reading actually, it for Actually, that brings place. us a... That's actually a good pairing with our next sponsor. Um, they're, we're really glad we brought them on, because we lost a lot of sponsors last week, so I'm sure we will every week. But this is, we're actually uh, brought to you this week by Tinkle Sploosh uh, Water Sports Park. Um, water Sports Park. It's like a water park, but a little bit different. Um, it's actually endorsed by R. Kelly. They've got the all-important R. Kelly endorsement, which for a water sports park, you really need. Yeah, and the good folks at Tinkle Sploosh will give you 10% off uh, entrance, you know? If you just head on in there. Fantastic. I, I can't wait to get down there myself, Grisha. 
I know. Can't we all? All right. You want to move on to our next segment that we were going to do before I rudely interrupted. Yeah. No, I think that's a great idea. So neither of us have seen this this film in a long time. Um, It's Mission Impossible 3. I'd like to say I saw that in the fall of 2007, Grisha. I want to say I saw it on a plane, so I honestly barely remember this movie. I believe Philip Seymour Hoffman is a villain, and he threatens to um, use jizz to attach envelopes to a wall. Or am I thinking of something else? Yes, well, you're getting a little bit ahead of yourself. So, for those of you who are like me and saw the movie nigh on a decade ago on a plane, on a tiny seatback headrest TV screen, the the basic plot is that uh, Tom Cruise... Ethan Hunt? Yeah, I actually remember his name. Is a mm-hmm. super spy. And Philip Seymour he Hoffman... He's a super-duper spy. ...is his evil nemesis. Now, Philip Seymour Hoffman has an evil plan, and Tom Cruise is out to stop it. Now, much more than that, I can't recall, except that at one point he jumps out of a building in some sort of emergency jump. Where he was—he had a parachute, but he was perhaps too low. I don't remember the outcome of it, but I remember being confused. I can remember that scene. Um, the film was actually uh, directed by J.J. Abrams, interestingly enough, um, and apparently he was still figuring out how to make movies make sense back then. But I remember the scene that preceded that involved them planning that whole thing. And there was something where he was swinging on a fulcrum, and uh, Tom Cruise's character started doing some very impressive, like, math equations on a chalkboard very quickly. And, like, you know, just basically depicting how he's going to do this amazing spy swing where he, like, jumps onto a building from a fulcrum attached to a spy rope. Uh, But he's doing all the math, so it was cool that they paid attention to those details. Um, There was a pretty sweet unmasking scene, because I'm pretty sure Philip Seymour Hoffman's character shoots Tom Cruise's, like, love interest, but then, like... Later, they do that whole, like, Mission Impossible movie. They're like, and they pull the mask off, and now it's someone else. Bum, bum, bum. Wait, did you say that Philip Seymour Hoffman was posing as his love interest? Because... Um, close. A, that's amazing. And B, if you didn't, then the next Mission Impossible directors are getting some free ideas here. Yeah. There were were, um, a few moments of gazes in the film that could have been interpreted that way, but I don't think that was what they had in mind. I think he, he has Tom Cruise's, like, girlfriend or love interest. And then he shoots her. But then it turns out some other lady in a mask. Oh. Huh. What was the point of that? Really pissed Tom Cruise off? Yeah, and it works really well. And he punches, uh, he punches, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman a lot. But he's got that cushy frame, so he's, like, working the body and it's not doing anything. And then they, like, run through the street. There's definitely some running. Like, you're not going to make a movie with Tom Cruise without making him run. He has that beautiful, flat-handed run he does, where he runs really fast. Probably, like, pretty fast for a little guy. <laughs> pretty fast for a little guy, but, you know? but still much slower than a regular human being. That's about a normal human's walking pace. Yeah. Sure. It's possible. I feel like he would be one of those Alvin Iverson-type guys that would just, like, you know, be running around real fast, using his size to his advantage. Like Lionel Messi. He's like the Lionel Messi of movies. Well, Tom Cruise. I remember from playing one-on-one basketball with Tom Cruise is that he has a sick crossover, Grisha, so that's an apt comparison. 
That makes sense, yeah. I think he would have a sick... He likes flying planes. He's got a sick crossover. Um, likes flying on the sides of planes. It's true. I believe that happened yeah, in this movie. it was movie. not the best... Mission Impossible 3. Yeah. Tom Cruise, side of a plane. So they, they were... Yeah, they were definitely stuck because the last film had been made by John Woo and it had left any respect for the laws of physics, like, far, far... Just... They threw that out the window very, very hard. Mission Impossible 2, so... And then Mission, Mission Impossible, Impossible 3 in a brought it back in from the window and did some chalkboard equations to try and reestablish the role of physics in Mission Impossible movies. Yeah, and that's an interesting point. Um, in defiance of John Woo, who was probably angry about that, he's like, no, it just works, man. Um, but... Notoriously anti-physics John Woo... Yeah, you know, he's he's not a fan. In, in much the same way that, you know, politicians in America deny global warming, John Woo is a big physics denier. He's, he's been doing that for a long time. Um, That's correct. Yeah, I don't really have any more to say about this movie. I don't really remember it. What What about you, Bjork? Any, any, any thoughts on Mission Impossible 3? Have you seen it? Uh, I saw the movie on a plane, and I can't remember it at all. It was like... It is like it was uh, boring Woody Allen movie, but uh, for Mission Impossible. It was like the Woody Allen Mission Impossible film, because the confidence wasn't there. Thanks, Bjork. We can always rely on you for hard-hitting coverage of Mission Impossible movies. Yeah, no, she's not a big fan. She's more of, you know, um... Yeah, she really likes Spy Kids. Now, Grisha, I don't really mean to bring this up on air... But Bjork is our band leader, and I don't think I've heard her play a single note while we've been doing this podcast. Huh? No, we can't. We can't afford that. We can afford for her to talk, but mo- the moment she starts singing a Bjork song, we're gonna have to pay licensing fees. So we're we're kind of happy that she doesn't do it, even though she's a very talented musician with an amazing voice and, and a great repertoire of albums. Well, all right. I guess that makes sense. Maybe we'll just have to get some more That's sponsors for Yes, I would be too expensive. All my songs cost lots of money. Yeah, so uh, thanks, Bjork, for just, you know, holding off on the singing and just uh, singing to us through your words. I'm very happy to sing through my words anytime, all the time, every day. And we're happy for you to uh, do it, Bjork. Yeah, actually, and that reminds me, um, it was interesting... uh, Last episode, uh, we definitely had some trouble with uh, Bjork's voice voice box software. It was uh, it was set a little hard on the Norwegian side um, instead of on the Icelandic side. And to explain all of that, I think uh, we were going to have Bjork and I, I guess both of us sort of go through Bjork's origin story, which is which is very interesting. Um, yeah, um, can you share any more about that with us, Bjork? Ah, uh, yes. So. Uh, it's been a long time since I shared my origin stories with all the people here, but uh, we used to say it all the time. But um, I am an android that is built by the Anunnaki, which are a race of lizard people that are Andusmerians wrote about them. But we are shape-shifting lizards. We are multidimensional beings. And I am an android built by the multidimensional beings to uh, spy on Earth and prepare it for slavery. So that's what I'm here for. And I also write music, and I find it very fun. So uh, 
Yeah, I mean, that's basically the story. So there are many humans that are Anunnaki. Uh, whoa, that's interesting. Uh, who's Anunnaki? Would you like to know, Sasha? I am just on the edge of my seat, Grisha. I can barely contain myself. Ah, yes. So, so the whole uh, royal family from England, they are Anunnaki. Uh, the Bush family, George W. Bush. So... It's very embarrassing because Anunnaki are, of course, uh, about 3,000 times higher IQ than most humans. But George Bush was exactly as stupid as he seemed, which is really bad for a person. But it's, uh, also, it's, it's much more embarrassing for an Anunnaki to be that stupid. So um, that's really embarrassing. He's the dumbest Anunnaki in, in the world. Um, but also the Spice Girls are Anunnaki. And that's why in, in, in the Spice Girl song, they sing, uh, uh, we really, really want to zig a zig ah. And uh, this is a big joke, because we all watch this music video in Anunnakiopolis, and the humans sing along, and a zig a zig ah in Anunnaki means, we want to be your slaves. And we think that's very funny in Anunnakiopolis. We laugh very hard when the humans sing along to the Spice Girls. My God, I'll never look at the Spice Girls <laughs> the same way again. No, and you shouldn't. And many people are also... And uh, little, little John is Anunnaki. Um, we gave him a very limited vocabulary. It's, it's true. I feel like you you slipped up there and you almost gave away the game. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, this all adds up. I would say that she's not telling the truth, but little John does have a very small, you know, vocabulary, and George Bush wasn't that bright. So I think we just have to go ahead and take Bjork at her word. You know, I always thought that George W. Bush was some sort of primitive chimpanzee man, but I've been proven wrong. Nope. He's just the dumbest of a multidimensional race of uh, lizard people that are, you know, using their shape-shifting powers to take over the world. Though those powers would seem strange, but apparently they're multidimensional, so, you know, that power would seem right up in their wheelhouse in that case. It's true. Hmm. I can shapeshift. That's how a Bjork goes on tour and does this podcast. I am in two places at once. Android powers. I am like a cloud of man- nanobots, but multidimensional. Wait, if the lizard people can shapeshift, they don't need to actually get... Mm-hmm. They don't need to be the ones elected president. That's ridiculous. Why would they be that family? That makes no sense. They should just wait till a president gets elected and then like shapeshift into that person. That person's form. And then they'd always be president. That's how we started out, but uh, now we have uh, taken over so many families, we can just keep going as Anunnaki. But first, yes, we killed them, and we took the, their places. Oh, okay. Well, that clears that up. Yes. Yeah. But that was really interesting. Um, you know, it's rare that you learn that much about Sumerian history and uh, other dimensions at the same time. I, rare, I would say that unique, Risha. Yeah. So here, we're actually, uh, um, I, I have to name another one of our sponsors right now, because we've got to pay the bills on this podcast right now. Um, so this week we're brought to you by uh, John's Discount Pig Anuses, the cheap alternative to calamari. Uh, calamari is expensive sometimes, pig anuses taste all right. All right, well thanks, uh, John's Pig Anuses. Uh, I guess you bread them up, you fry them, it's just like calamari. Oh, yeah, Grisha, those are just delicious. They essentially melt on your tongue. It's I cannot recommend them highly enough. Some days, all I eat are John's big anuses. 
And you know what's even better? Actually, they fit perfectly in a ring right over one of our tummy bananas. Now, we are formerly, uh, the tummy bananas is one of our favorite sponsors here. And uh, we, we formerly only had models that came in eight inches long as black. But now we've got a new model that's it's five and a half inches long. It's white, but in the right light, it is cresting seven. So, yeah, you can pick up the new model of the tummy banana. Um, yeah, your mom at, at, at our uh, togainthemorning.com. Go to togainthemorning slash store slash pig anuses slash backwards slash pig anuses to purchase. Yeah. And I think we've got uh, different sizes that'll spit, fit on the different, you know, sizes of the tummy bananas. So just look out for that. You can slide ten of them over, you know, have an interesting way to eat calamari. Um, spice up your sex life. Spice up, you know, yeah, the calamari. A, it's a win-win. There's a huge community out there of tummy banana users coming up with brand new ways to use their tummy bananas. So get out there, be a part of the community, and spread the love and buy some stuff. Yeah, I saw a dude doing pretty well at Wiffle Bat. Not using the white model, I doubt. No, no, he wasn't. Um, yeah. Although, yeah. It doesn't work as well. You're not gonna you're not gonna hit quite as many home runs and triples with the white model, you know. It's true. Well, I suppose you could train with the black model, and that way you could really build up your your, your pelvic strength. Well, as I've heard from my coach, it's all in the hips. It's all in the hips. Just another tip for you here on Toga in the Morning. I'm your co-host, Tasha Kramer. Yeah, and we're both here to tell you it's all in the hips. My brother has a cognitive disorder where he refuses to introduce himself. <laughs> yeah, so I'm Grisha Kramer, and I'm just here to tell you it's all in the hips. It's all oh, God, in the hips. Oh, God, he's um, so now we come to a game that we call Porn Names. Yeah, I've been cured. It's great. Um, so now we bring ourselves to our, one of our favorite games here, which is Porn Names. Um, and now with uh, Star Trek Beyond in the news this week, as apparently being an alright movie that was written by Simon Pegg, or co-written by Simon Pegg, who's very cool and... I bet he wrote a pretty good Star Trek movie because he's all about that stuff. But, uh, yeah, we're going to go over some of these uh, Star Trek names and see what we can come up with. So where do you go with Commander Beverly Crusher? I feel like <laughs> that and Wesley Crusher, it's one of those things that just we're just going to have to leave alone. I think you'd have to go with Wesley quotes of the Pussy Crusher Crusher. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah, Wesley Poon Crusher, something along those lines. Yes, Beverly Crusher was his mother. That could be Beaverly Crusher. That's that's pretty easy. That's a good um, one. So Pavel Chekhov, you know, that's pretty easy. Have a jack off. <laughs> we can safely say we found some gold there. All right, where do you go with Captain Kirk? Because I feel like it's best if you don't go straight for Captain Cock. Because you've got to save that for something else. Well, you got to work in the James Tiberius. You know, you got to work the Tiberius in there. 
You can go James the Furious Cop. Oh, I think you're way better at this game than I am. <laughs> I don't know. I like this game a lot. James T. Kirk, you know? Um, James Poon Smirk. Hmm. I'm trying to think of Star Trek characters I know, and they all have very strange single names, like Spock or Worf. Yeah. I'm not working a lot with that, so I'm just going to mine this list for some names and see what I got. So, yeah, and that's why we ha couldn't go, like, cock with Kirk, because, you know, there's also the, the pull to go that way with Khan, too, but you can't go there. Because I think you've got to make Spock into Lieutenant Cock. If it's just Spock and he's Cock, that's not that good. But if it's Lieutenant Cock, there's some charm to that. That's that's sizable. I mean, good. First science officer, Lieutenant Cock. All right, uh, Catherine Janeway in a BDSM flick could be Catherine Painway. All right, now we're talking. What do we do with Jean-Luc Picard? There's got to be something there. Something very dirty, but I can't think of what it is. Jean Fouque Descartes? Hmm, yeah, we're getting there. Um. <laughs> John Douche Strength Hard? <laughs> Got a Jordy LaForge, and I just want to say Jordy LaForsome. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 the way you got to go. What do we do with a Commander Riker? It's William Riker, but we can you know you can take Commander or William. Um, I'm not sure what you do with Riker. Nothing's coming to mind in terms of making that dirty. Commander Willie um, Diker. I'm gonna go ahead and say that seven of nine was just seven of so fine. <laughs> Um, and I think we can all agree on that. I'd like to make her trans and go seven of nine inches. Oh, wow. That's an interesting choice. In that uh, in that skin-tight suit, you didn't see that coming, but, you know, the Borg, it could just kind of pop out, like, <laughs> in sections, <laughs> an inch at a time. Grisha, you've got me hot. A little bit hot and bothered there. Yeah. With that Star Trek sex talk. Well, that's kind of half the point of this game. Um, I mean, when that one doctor's nickname is Bones, I guess we got to leave that alone. <laughs> That's, yep. Yeah. So, Lieutenant Worf, what do we do with that? That's kind of a struggle there. Um... Yeah, I got nothing. Drawing a full, drawing a full on, full on, full on blank. Well, I don't know. the The actor's name is Michael Dorn, which could quite easily be moved to Michael's porn. Yeah, so we're gonna have to go with that since the his character's name is really giving us nothing, and Michael Dorn is a wide open template for anything we want it to be. Now, here's a question, Grisha. Do you have yeah. anything for Lieutenant Uhura? That's Nyota Uhura. Lieutenant Uhura. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. That's the best I can do at short notice. The uh, core check back in later. <laughs> Sustained. I'm interested to know what um, Khan's first name is. Do we know that? Is that on this list? I'm not really finding that. 
But I feel like Khan has to be, you know, because there's that scene, that famous scene where William Shatner's, like, eyes get all twitchy, and he's like, Khan! And it would be hilarious if he was shouting, Khan! So it's Khan oh. Noonien Singh is his first name. I mean, full name. Oh, wow. So I'm thinking it's Khan Booties and Swinging. Um, and it's just, you know, things he likes. Yes. I want to work Nooner in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, just Nooner, Nooner swinging, you know, so swinging at the noon times. That's... I mean, the swinger crowd's probably a little different at noon, but a man to each his own. I don't judge, Grisha. Except quietly mm-hmm. in my head at night. Don't we all? Don't we all? Yeah, so um, that brings us to, I guess, our next segment. I don't know. Do you have any other famous Star Trek characters you want to go over? I'm not as familiar with Star Trek as I am with some of these other um, fantasy worlds. Nope. Let's move on. All right, well, um, did you have some fan mail today? I heard that someone had called in asking us for some advice. Let me just check the old email inbox here, Grisha. Oh, hey, look, I do. All right, let me just uh, open this up and read this. I've got an email from a Herb Grunsberg, and he says, Mm -hmm. Hey, guys, love the podcast. Been a huge fan ever since episode one. Well, that's great. That's really nice yeah, to hear. It's nice of him to say. Nice to see that our work's getting out there and, you know, affecting people's lives. Anyways, he goes on to say, I've been listening to it almost nonstop ever since then. I keep it in a pair of earbuds in my ears all day at work, and I listen to it on repeat all day while I'm asleep. You guys are so funny, and you make me just half hard. Mm. Regards, Herb Grunsberg. Yeah, I mean, if there's anything I could ask for in terms of artistic feedback, I think making someone half-hard would be on the top of my, you know, list of wishes for what I want from my art. So thank you, Grunchberg. Um, um, that comment made me half-hard. Really sure. So, I, wouldn't it be? Shouldn't we be making it fully hard, Grisha? No, I think you know because it's just a uh, you know audio medium. You know, clearly if he could see us, he'd be fully hard. But it's just the soft timbre of our voices uh, making him half hard that we should appreciate well Grisha everyone would be hard if they could see us I mean I, I apologize to people constantly in the street I'm, apolog- I'm sorry for making you hard but it's just the way I am and, and they understand I think I, I think they, they tend to run away but yeah they're probably embarrassed but Grisha I oh, think we yeah. should I think we should really aim for perfection and I think we should aim to get all of our listeners rock hard all right, well, I mean, that's a pledge that we'll make to our listeners. We're going to be doing our very, very best over here at Token in the morning to make you all rock hard. Um, but until then, we'll settle for any amount of chubbiness we can get from you guys. Oh, yeah, there's blood flowing down there, Grisha. I think I think we're doing good work. I know, we're doing the Lord's work here on Token in the morning. You know, it's interesting. That actually brings you, uh, we've, we've received some fan mail from you, actually. You've uh, you developed quite a fan community um, in, in the bear community, it turns out. Um, which is a is a subculture of the gay community that's for larger men, 
And uh, we've got a letter here from a fan that says, uh, um, Hello, uh, we in the Bear community have become huge fans of Sasha. We can hear from uh, the soft timbre of his voice that he is a total cub, and his mouth just begs for multiple, multiple fat man's dicks to be crammed inside one after the other. Um, and we're excited to bring him into that world. Um, hashtag Sasha is a total cub. Hashtag rub the fat on his head while he blows you. Um, yeah, it looks like we've got a lot of new fans here, and they're, they're excited to hear from you, Sasha. So what do, what do you have to say? Oh, I think that's great. It's always great to have new fans. I, I take slight issue. I think I'm ready for multiple fat men's cocks. I don't know about multiple, multiple, you know. This is... I'm still new to this whole cub business, creature. I just heard about it ten seconds ago, but I'm intrigued. Yeah. I'm going to be checking out that hashtag um, later on. Well, yeah, the, the fan just suggests you start with three and move on up from there, so I think that's a, that's a good suggestion. All right, great. I can, I, and I can read a couple of tweets off here. We got a tweet from at Monkey Brains, and they say, Keep up the good work, guys. My favorite feature is the murders that you solve. Oh, yeah. Um, we've been solving lots of murders over here for a long, long time. Um, Mostly off-air, but solve. sometimes they sort of creep into the program. Yeah. Yeah, like we were there um, in Mission Impossible 3 when Philip Seymour Hoffman got murdered. Um, we all saw that on the plane. We were watching it, and we were like, oh, man. And then he didn't die until years later, so that was confusing for us. But, you know, the lines between film and reality are blurry for my brother and I, so it's, uh, that, was hard to, that was hard to parse for us. But That was a slow burn. That, yes, I got another yeah, tweet here from Morsht Pocket. Yeah. Let me... Morsht Pocket. Okay. And they say, mm. Always good to hear you guys on the air. Keep it bubbling. Stay fizzy. Stay fizzy. Not sure. You know if that uh, brings us brings me to another. Yeah, if I could take a moment here to interject one of our sponsors, kind of ham handedly, I'd love to do that. Um, I love it when you inject things ham handedly. I know. Yeah, it, it's like a, we got a big ham injection needle, and we just sometimes you just got to pump on that ham injection needle, um, as mm. as we know from many popular songs today. Um, it's hard work, Grisha, but it's good, honest work. Yeah. I mean, we've all heard, you know, Alanis Morissette's Pump That Ham Injection Needle. It, it's a great dance track. It's hitting the airwaves today. I've, I've heard the kids are big fans. Anyways, on a related note that's actually not that different than that song, <laughs> uh, this week's episode is brought to you by the Clarence Carter song, Stroking. It's, it's your girlfriend's new favorite song. Um, play it in the car. Sing along. Uh, leave her sassified. All right. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. That's the first time I've ever seen a single advertised somewhere, but we break the mold here on Toga in the morning, and we do not apologize for it. Yeah, we're trying to make a we're trying to make an exception. You don't usually hear uh, singles on the radio advertised, but this one has a reference to anal, so we thought we'd put it in. We just can't help ourselves. Nope. Much like Clarence Carter, leave her <laughs> sassified. Oh, gosh, it gets me every time. Yep, and we've heard it gets the ladies, too. And actually, we're also brought to you uh, by Klingon Camp. Um, and their tagline is, Magic Camp's got nothing on how unfuckable your kids will be when they get out of Klingon Camp. 
So another option for people trying to keep their children chaste. That's great, Grisha. There's just too many fuckable kids out there. You know, I'm walking just down the block and everywhere, everywhere I look, fuckable kids. So I wish more parents would take opportunities like Klingon Camp to get their kids all unfuckable. Exactly. You know, and we here at Toga in the Morning think that kids should be as unfuckable as possible until they turn 16, and then it's pretty much fine. As long as they're hanging out in Europe at the time. All right. Giggity, 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 goo. Wow. Yeah, and I think uh, the law will hold me, you know, back me up on that. I, as a lawyer, I assure you it will. Yeah, and that brings me to another one of our sponsors. Um, You know, we were sponsored by uh, Johnson's Gas Station Boner Pills. Um, but they have actually come out with a Game of Thrones-themed boner pill. It's called Azor Ahard, the prick that was promised. Um, you know, so go ahead and get those. Heard they work pretty well. Uh, yeah, Grisha, I have a uh, friend who, who, who's uh, uh, tried them um, and says, says they work great. So, they're, they're, yeah, I think they're, 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 they work perfectly. Um, they're great, my friend says. Yeah, my friend says they hurt a little bit, but hard in tarnation. I didn't realize you had friends who said tarnation. No, I mean, that's actually our sponsors paid me to say that, but, you know. I was just trying to keep it like, but, yeah, we're also, we're sponsored by Gas Station Boner Pills. Johnson's Gas Station Boner Pills, Azora Hard, the prick that was promised to make you hard. Available in gas stations near you. Yeah. And I've heard really good reviews of these, uh, you know, it's gas station sex pills. <laughs> so what do we got next on the agenda, Grisha? Hmm. Well, I guess there's just, uh, I don't know, freeform discussion time? Um, oh, um, it's actually been a little while since we heard from Devin, um, who's the nihilist that doesn't get it. Oh, all right. Um, Let's uh, maybe we should go talk to him. Is he uh, is he in studio? Yeah. So, no, yeah, we can check in. There's actually a nihilist meeting happening uh, behind this place in our studio. It's where they meet. Um, oh, let's. Uh, I let's, think Devin's here today, so we let's can... grab the microphones and let's go uh, walk on over there. All right. Yeah. Ooh, it's nice outside. Here's there's the door. Free. All right. Well, we open it. This basement stinks. God. Alright, yeah, let's sit down here. Alright, just, uh... Okay, so, the first, uh, Niles meeting's coming to order. Everybody in here. Alright, so, everyone, remember to wear black. Thank you for that. Everyone except Devin. Devin, if you could please get this the dress code. Guys, I was out of black. It was laundry day. I'm sorry. I had to wear turquoise. All right. Um, thank you, Devin. So next time, please wear black. Otherwise, we're not going to let you into the building. Um, does anyone, you know, have any things that they would like to share? This nihilist, uh, first nihilism board meeting come to order, please. So who's got something to share? Anybody? 
No, any, anybody other than Devin? Uh, Alright, so Devin, again, is the only person to put his hand up, so we're going to have to call on him, even though we all really uh, don't like this. Uh, so, Alright, Devin, so tell us what you've been doing. Alright, so guys, um, this was so exciting. Uh, you all know that I love nihilism. I am so excited about the in impending approach of our doom and the fact that our sun is going to burn out into a black star, destroying all of us through radiation, and we'll all die instantly then. And uh, I just can't tell you guys how much I look forward to that and how excited I am that I found nihilism um, to guide me through it. So um, I was actually telling a woman I met about nihilism on the bus, and I sang her uh, some of my musical. Oh, Scott, not some, you can't have a nihilist musical, so Devin's, that doesn't really work. Really, yeah, so I sang her some of the musical, um, and she was loving it, and I was telling her about how, how nihilism works, and how, like, it doesn't matter if she's, like, the president of her class at Harvard, you know, Harvard, excuse me, or if, like, a significant part of her diet comes from the cum that she gets from behind the, the bus station. It doesn't matter. We're all going to die. And I was telling her that, and, and she killed herself. Oh. Wow, Devin's, it's a little dark. She killed her self-esteem issues, and now, with nihilism, she's doing so much better. Like, isn't that great, guys? Oh, Devin. That's not great. No, so that's not really what we wanted. Like, when we said, we were all very impressed when you said you, she killed herself, but then you did, like, a joke. It's not very nihilist. And uh, the punchline was a little ham-handedly handled, so it was also not nihilist. And... It's just, you can't have a nihilist musical, Devin. Yeah, I can. Nihilism, nihilism, everything tastes like ashes. Well, I think it's time for us to uh, leave the nihilist meeting yeah, before let's get it out gets of here. us all this real sad. Weird. <laughs> yeah, they're it's, all uh, looking at us. I know they're, you know, they're all looking at there, and they've got eye makeup on, and um, let's you can just, tell uh, that Devin wants to be out a part of, of door. it. You can tell that really? Devin really likes all of them, Slightly. but they don't really like Devin, you know? He doesn't Even though sound he's like the a best very ambassador. <laughs> well, but he's the best ambassador they have for it, to be honest, because the rest of them are, like, pasty, and the fat they have is barely attached to their bodies, you know? Whereas, you know, Devin looks like he's pretty healthy, and he looks, he looks like he can dance pretty well, you know? I feel like he's a better ambassador for nihilism, because I don't want to look like them. I want to look like Devin. True. Well, you got me there. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you can enjoy nihilism, you can really enjoy anything. So. I don't... I feel like my brain hurts. I mean, I think that's how everyone in the nihilist meeting feels every time that Devin talks, but... Yeah, I mean, he'll and we could tell just stuff. from a short four minutes in there, it was uh, the tension was palpable. You guys could probably feel it over the radio airwaves, yeah. coming back through time. But yeah, it, it was it was awkward, it was it was uncomfortable. But but you're right, he, Devin is pretty cut. Yeah, I mean that's what that made them so sad when they went on their uh, their weekly field trip to the Tinkle Sploosh Water Park, um, which is again America's number one water sports park. Um, and the Nihilists, you know, they're into that kind of thing. And, but it turns out Devin had a better time than anyone. So, yeah. Man, that may love Peach. <laughs> well, who doesn't, Grisha? Who doesn't? Yeah, who doesn't? 
All right, well, uh, this episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Cornflakes. Uh, Cornflakes, one day we'll stop you perverted bastards from touching yourselves. One day, if we just eat enough Cornflakes, goddammit. Um, yeah, so they're a sponsor. I don't know if they're really right for the podcast, but... That's, that's true. I'm heard... touching myself as we speak with Cornflakes. I know. Yeah, and, I, you know, that's... I don't think that's what he... I, I don't think his goal was to have people, like, glue cornflakes to their hands. But at the same time, we've both done that. And, you know, it adds a roughness, but uh, a charming roughness to the process. And, it, yeah, his plan has really backfired at this it's point, not we can safely say. It's pleasant to touch yourself with cornflakes, but sometimes you have to make sacrifices for the greater good, chef. No, and we all do. And that's what we're all doing each time. And, and the fact that it hurts makes the victory over this guy's attempt to use cornflakes to stop masturbation even more complete because his defeat is very complete at this point like if he found out about the internet man that dude would be so angry that's right and listeners you can help out at home you can touch yourself with cornflakes take pictures and then tweet it to at toga in the morning and we'll read off your tweets live on air yeah and i think we've actually got some tweets coming in right now um, this guy says, I went to Tinkle Sploosh Water Park after I was stung by a jellyfish, and I was cured. So, that's really nice to hear. Uh, again, R. Kelly endorses Tinkle Sploosh Water Park, and so the American Surgeon General also endorses it as a way to get rid of, you know, stings from jellyfish. Yeah, and, you know, I... You know, it's recommended for jellyfish, but anytime I get a sting, a cut... Um, if I'm just feeling sick, I just head on right down to the water park, just sort of immerse myself in all the fluids, and and just try and get cured, Grisha. Just try and get better. No, don't we all? And, you know, I think that's how many of our best artists uh, came up with many of their best songs and works of art. Um, so, I guess we'll take a moment to pause while I'm going to make myself a drink here. But then we can probably get on to our next uh, segment, which is Sex Robot Repair Talk. Yeah. With. Well, let's take a pause here and we can have a musical interlude. Boo-doo-doo, shorty and the Mac, interlude and stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 interlude. Yeah, so our next segment is uh, the Sex Robot Repair Hour. With uh, the Sexit brothers, who are, you know, two two brothers we have here that uh, just know a lot about sex robots. You can basically tell them to make a model, and they'll pretty much know what's wrong with it. Um, and you just tell them what animal noise your sex robot is making, and they'll fix it for you. It's a pretty great show. Uh, so we'll turn it over to them. Here we go. Hi, I'm sick, and this is my brother, Sack. Yep. We're the Sexit brothers. Hi, this is Sack. We're the Sexit brothers. Well, you're fixing your sex robots all day, all night. You got a boy sex robot, you got a girl sex robot, it's broken. You tell her what model it is, what this blowjob gasket's doing, we're going to tell you how to fix it. Uh-huh. All right? Blowjob gasket, I'm in there. Yeah, my brother's in there. Yeah, he's in there. He's in there like Flint. And that's why so many of his ex-husbands are gone. Because he got into the sex robots too much. And that's why we have this show. We know how to fix them because the wives keep leaving us. My wives keep leaving me. His husbands keep leaving him. 
but we're both really good at fixing sex robots. Go figure. Oh, man, I got lead poisoning from all the pipe they laid. Oh, yeah, he was using an old Chinese model. Um, it didn't have a lot of pipe to lay, but there was plenty of lead in it, let me tell you. Looks like a needle, works like a sewing machine full of lead, lead poisoning. Oh, there we go. Hey, but those old Chinese bottles, you can't get any like them anymore. I know. My brother was so stupid that it made him smarter. That's a very rare condition. But don't try it unless Still you're very dumb. Smart, don't though. try to get any old sex. That's what no. my mom says. I mean, if you're really, really dumb... Yeah, you get an old Chinese sex robot, you let it fuck you with the lead penis, you might get smarter, you might get dead. Um, I'm just saying, give it a shot. We don't guarantee anything over here. So do we want to go to the phones, perhaps? Yeah, let's go to the phones. All right. We got uh, Susan over here. All right, Susan, where you from? Yeah, all right, man. What's up? My name's Susan. Wow, Susan, you don't sound as feminine as I expected. No, my, my dad liked Johnny Cash, but he didn't like to listen to the last 30 seconds of his songs. So, yeah, my name's Susan. Um, oh. Like, like I said, he would turn off the songs about 30 seconds before they stopped. Uh, Johnny Cash fans will get that one, I think. But, uh, yeah, so he made me a boy name. He was hoping I was going to be tough, but I'm a total pansy. didn't work out, man. But, uh, yeah, I was calling about my sex robot. It's all busted up. Oh, it's what's, what seems to be the trouble with it. Yeah, well, first we gotta know where you're from. We gotta work, gotta know what kind of climate you're working in there, Susan. Um, Susan, the boy. So yeah, I guess he thought I'd like the song Boy's Name Sue, but he didn't hear the end. That's hilarious. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's what happened, man. My dad, he liked, liked that song a lot. Um, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm living down in Texas, uh, as you might have heard from, from my accent. I'm, I'm born bred in Texas. Oh, I couldn't tell. Yeah, I got one of them. Nah, yeah, he... My massage can't tell that since all the lead, all the lead dick he got, screwed him up. But uh, yeah, you can't tell where anyone's from. It's hilarious. Helps the show out though. But um, go on. Yeah, so I'm like from Texas, saying you know I got a Texas size sex robot. It's lady. It's got that big old booty. You know, um, it comes with the jeans like still strapped on, and I just cut a hole in the jeans because that's what us country boys like. Um. Uh, but lately, um. Yeah, the 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 wetness setting on the vagina's been getting all creeped out, and sometimes it's it's drier than the Texas summer, and sometimes even when I don't want it to be, you know, it's wetter than your your back of your asshole when you're walking around in the Texas summer. So. Uh, oh, okay. Well, that's uh, that's, yeah, that's really like, interesting. I mean, I remember one Texas robot I had, and I I could have sworn I was in the Everglades. It was so wet they they can be real finicky sometimes. Yeah, and that's the problem. So it's like switching back and forth. So one moment, you know, it's like the desert, and the next moment it's like Niagara Falls, and yeah. I just can't keep it straight. So and it's actually the problem is the upper half will get wet and the bottom half will get wet. So my penis is getting a strap in the middle from the spot where it's lubricated and the spot where it's not. Okay. So now tell me, tell me, Susan, when you're when you're giving it to this robot, and, and have you named it? Yeah, no robot's name is Betsy. Alright, so when you're giving it to Betsy good and hard, as I'm sure a freedom loving American as yourself does, do you are you are you playing with the nipples at all? Um well I used to be, but uh, you know, since I got a little tendonitis from uh you know, when when Betsy got broke, you know, I had to go back manual, but like without that exercise that human beings have lost since sex robots experience men's wrists 
as you know, have famously become so strong that we all walk around with our limbs all wrist. We can't shake hands proper no more ever since sex robots came out. Like, all hand strength and man has faded um, very, very quickly. Uh, it was very quick fade. It was like if you graft it, like the sex robots came out, and the year after that, men could not lift two pounds with their wrists anymore. But uh, well, now you sound like a proper yeah. historian. No, and I think my brother already knows the answer to this question, and I think I do too. But when you twist the nipples, were you doing it clockwise or counterclockwise? Oh yeah. So the, look. Uh, well, what model you've got down there in Texas? Oh, I've got the ARS uh, S53. Yeah, the oh, ARS 53. Yeah. Look, if you twist the nipples clockwise, it's going to get wetter. If you trip them clockwise, they're not getting wetter. So you're a person that twists back and forth, like you're tuning a radio dial, but you're retarded and you don't know how to do it. And you're doing that, and then, you know, it's getting wet. It's getting soft. It's getting wet. It's not getting wet. And then uh, that's the reason your penis is going to get striped, and on the bottom it's going to be white, and on top it'll be dark from all the friction, and it looks like a penguin now. But good news, that'll protect you when you're underwater from predators. Yeah, but but I would uh, I would take it to a licensed uh, sex mechanic and have a, a sex robot mechanic. Sex mechanic's actually something very different. But take it to there and, and make sure you don't have any uh, leaks inside, because... Sometimes if you twist those nipples too hard, you can you can puncture a seal, and and then your fluids are all over the place, and that might account for your, you know, half and half situation. My brother punctured a seal once at a zoo. That's why his other husband left him. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh Jerry. Yeah, Jerry was the seal's name. They had to shoot the seal at the zoo. It was one of those news stories you heard about, but worse. Yeah, well, the seal was actually my husband. He left me because he died because I punctured him. I just thought I was doing a prank. Yep. I thought he was, uh, you know, it was just blubber. But no, it went pretty deep. Not yet. It was right in the artery. Right in the big seal artery, and now he's gone. But, you know, that's why we know how to fix sex robots, because that serious depression led my brother into testing every sex robot in the business. Now we know... Everything there is to know. Yeah, it's true. Um, and the cops really nothing... bungled the case, so there was a mistrial, and I got off of scot free. Yeah, with a big settlement. He spent it all on sex robots. We got a garage full yeah, of them. Tell you about. Some of them are getting rusty. Yeah, we're both connoisseurs. That's why we know. That's why my ex wife left me. The sex robots are better. <laughs> Your ex wife. What a whore. Hey, look. It doesn't matter that all the sex robots that left you are currently employed by her, banging her, and there's ten of them. I know there's ten, but it's fine. Yeah, all right, Susan. So I think you will. You think you've got a solution to your problem there? You know what you're gonna do next? No, but like I was uh, kind of sad before I called, but now I'm like really, really, really sad. Um, I'm just gonna go now. Bye, guys. Well, I think that's the last anyone's ever going to hear from Susan. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's okay. That guy sounded like a loser. Yeah. Now, speaking of losers, who's that ex-caller? <laughs> All right. It looks like it's a, it's a, it's a man named a Timothy. Oh, hello, hello Timothy. <laughs> Hello, Timothy, you're on line four. Uh, hello, guys. Hi. Hi, is this, this is Sick and Sack? 
Yeah. Oh, right, oh, Timothy, oh, wow. you sound oh, like God, a guy to me so that cool. does, doesn't uh, need a sex robot. Long-time listener, uh, oh, yeah? first-time caller. Uh, I just, uh, I'm excited to talk to you guys. Well, we're excited to talk to you. Let me tell you, you sound like a guy that doesn't even need a sex robot. You sound like you probably have girls all over you. Yeah, you, you sound like you got to, like, fight them off them with your giant dick. Oh, that's, uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's kind of you. That's, uh, you know, I, uh, I don't, well, I don't know, guys. Um, but anyways. Now we're just messing with you. You sound like you've never known the scent of a woman. Go on. Oh, we know oh, you need to fix the sex oh, robot, because oh. we know that's what you need. Oh, you guys, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got him, man. So, what's, uh, what kind of sex robot are you working with out there? Where, where did you say you're from? Uh, I'm from, uh, I'm from... Kansas City, Kansas. Oh, that's sounds... Kansas City, Kansas. Is there anything You're interesting? Full of shit. Kansas City's in Missouri, you asshole. Oh, he doesn't even know where he's from, Bobby. Ah, no, that's a uh, that's a common misconception. Thank you for bringing that up, people. I guess that. Uh, I guess literally every time I tell them I'm from Kansas City, Kansas, but there's you know, the the bigger Kansas City that everyone knows is in, in Missouri, of course, but across the river, just just across the river in Kansas. We also have our own Kansas City. Oh, well, for a minute there, I thought I was going to tell you a sex robot couldn't be broken because it had fucked your brains right up because Kansas City's in Missouri. But it turns out I was wrong. You look just like all my ex-wives told me. Oh, duh, guys, I thought... I wish, guys, I, I wish my sex robot would fuck my brains out, but that's the, that's the problem. I just got... I can't really get, get to fucking it. Um... Yeah, every time I did, so I got it. It's a pretty new model. I mean, it's used, but it's a it's a 2006 Chevy. So, you 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 know you think you think quality. You think it's gonna last at least you know at least a 20 years or another another 60,000 fucks or so. I mean, I I checked the odometer. It's, oh yeah. You know, it's only at 20,000. So I I wouldn't uh, when I bought it. I mean, I don't. Maybe you guys can tell me if I got a bump deal, but. Every time I I, 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 I I go to put my, my penis inside the, the vagina hole, you guys you guys know that's a technical term, but I hope the listeners can get it. Uh, it uh, the whole oh, yeah. the whole robot flips over. Oh oh mm. oh! So what kind of model have you got there? Oh, uh, like I said, it's a two thousand six Chevy. A uh, uh, Chevy Tinta. It's 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 uh, it's a light blue color with a uh, with a auburn hair uh, 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 hair color. All right, light blue. All right, so you you're one of those uh, those uh, perverts from James Cameron's blue movie Avatar. Uh, well, I don't know. I I mean, you know, I've written a couple of fan fictions in my time, but I'm a fan. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, you got the blue model. We all know you're trying to blue yourself with the Avatar stuff. All right, we get that. It's cool. It's cool. No judgment here, right? Eh? Eh? Oh, and we all no. we all got left no. by our wives and ex-husbands for sex robots over here, so we don't mind. Yeah, um, they, but, they all fucked me and dumped me. Yeah, yeah, even some of the sex robots. Some of the sex robots started to develop sentience, and then they would dump my brother right away. Hilarious. Of course, we had to put him down right away, because as soon as they developed sentience, he needed to kill them. Yeah. But it was sad to see them suddenly have decision-making capabilities and leave immediately. I, <laughs> I mean, I usually fuck with a gun in my hand anyway, so it wasn't hard, but 
It doesn't feel good to put him down. Yeah, it's not really romantic. I don't understand that. Um, you watch too many well, movies. Guys, uh, you got. Uh, but all right, you, you, you uh, know drug is they, they, did I did I get sold a pub? Is it broken? Is I I don't I what's my recourse? No, uh, you got to go into your software. So you go into the software of the sex robot, and there's settings in there. See, right? So it works like settings, uh, like you're toggling your X and Y controls on a video game. You know, sometimes you want to go up, and up goes up, and down is down. Um, oh, okay. You want to do that, but basically you've toggled the spinner setting on. Wait, so it's going to be so a spinner. Like it's going to spin uh, sometimes. The, the tint setting on my VCR? No, it's more like the... Uh, reverse the X and Y setting on a video game because you think up is up, but down is down. The you you know you feel about that. Oh, I've this never is, played a like video game spin? Do you like it not to spin? I know. Ever since sex robots came out, they became a lot less popular. <laughs> Who figured? But uh, that sounds like a nerdy but, thing to do. I'm more into fucking you guys, though. Yeah. So yeah, you and me are all in the fuck. That's why <laughs> that's why the next husbands are all sex robots. I know. That's why all our ex-hives, our ex-husbands, and our ex-husbands, and all the sentient mm-hmm. robots that gained any kind of sentience gone. Yeah. They left us. Yeah, well, but yeah. You. So basically, you just gotta go into the settings. No, never. Well, go go all right, ahead. Fine for a second. All right. So no, I'm no. saying there's a setting. <laughs> oh, go ahead, call the event. I understand now. No, I was actually uh, telling the caller to shut up because he's acting like a kind of a bitch. No, we've all known that the whole time. Most of our callers are bitches. I mean, look, they're calling us for advice, and all our ex-wives have left us because we just fuck sex robots all day. We know how to repair them, mostly because we're good at cleaning the semen out of them. All boys are going to be boys. Exactly. So, caller, um, my advice to you is you're going to have to go into the software, you turn off the setting called Spinner, where it spins every once in a while, and then it's going to stop flipping over real fast. Okay, let me just, uh, 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 do I do I do that on air? Is that, is that okay? I gotta go, let me see if I can find the, uh, pop the, the back open. Yeah, we can help you. All right, so I got the, I got the back panel off, I'm seeing a screen, got a couple options, this is, there's options, and then there's, Oh, no, that's the only option. It says options. What should I do? Yeah. So you're going to hit the options button. All right. You're going to have to gently tap it with the tip of your penis. All right. Just let me me, uh, take out here. The the screen is specially coded to only respond to your penis print. It's like a fingerprint. All right. Well, it's not hard at the moment. I'm just going to kind of bash it on the screen here. Okay, that did it. Yeah, it's uh, bringing a new word. I've seen a lot of yeah, options that's... here. What is uh, 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 the fuck level? Uh, what else am I seeing? Uh, uh, wetness level. Uh, deep, uh, dirty yeah. talk. Uh, spitting. Uh, uh, <laughs> foot fucking. Uh, uh, just stop me when I get to yeah. uh, what. Uh, so then there's also like the backwards foot fucking. Oh, that's a lot of options. I can yeah, somewhere around here. there, you're going to find a setting called Spinner. Yes or no? Oh, there's a spin. Yeah. That's where they just spin Oh, yeah, no, there's quick. a spin. yeah. oh, spinner option up here. Let me, let me map my dick on it. All right, because it's yep, there's no, no. There's frequent, there's oh, no, infrequent. It's, it's, yeah, I can see it. It's to, to always, always spin. Uh, okay, so I want 
Okay, duh. No. Yeah. No. Okay. Okay, I got it. Okay, now yeah, it says need to reboot. Uh, dick here for yes. Dick here. Okay. Uh, okay, it looks like it's restarting now. Uh, so I guess I'll just hang out for a second and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Now watch out, because when they reboot, that's time when they're very, uh, you know, they're really likely to get that, uh, that sentience virus. Yeah, and I would recommend for any of our customers buying used sex robots to first uh, make sure they've, they've had cleaning. Um, you know, you don't want anyone else's lipstick on the, on the, on the mouth or anything like that. I, I usually like to use my own brand lipstick. But but also to have the, yeah. the previous owner walk you through the settings and make sure that they are, they're not customized or not broken in any way because uh, Timothy here is lucky is that setting is changeable, but Sometimes they're broken back there, and then you're just stuck on spinning. And you know, I for me, I've got a kind of complicated setup in my house. So a spinning sex robot is actually not the end of the world. I, you know, I sort of put it in the corner, and it's it powered by, by by fridge, and the power goes out. But but you know, you don't let it be you. Yeah, and you don't want to get someone like uh, you know, some people jailbreak their sex robots, and they set the fuck setting up to twelve. Oh shit. You buy one of those, and you're not ready, break your dick right off. So, you know, watch out for the jailbroken ones. When they get past 10, the settings get a little intense. Okay, guys, it's coming back online. Let me just, uh, let me just whip my dick out and uh, bag it around on her to get it hard for a second. Just, uh, just, uh, hang on a second. All right, we're going to need you to stay on the line there, because we're going to need to know if this worked or not. So, we'll stay on the line while while he chubs up, and we'll move on to our next caller, and we'll just have them in a conference call. Okay, I'm uh, I'm just gonna keep I'm gonna keep tapping here. You guys, uh, Larry, but that caller on the line. All right. Hello. Hello. All right. My name's uh, Ginny. I'm from Australia. Oh, hi, Ginny. So I've got like a sex robot. Hello. I love your show. It's so great. You guys fix all the sex robots. So I've got a sex robot, and uh, it's 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 a broken, and basically. Problem is, um, that it really can't achieve an erection anymore, and that's really disappointing for a sex robot, you know. So, um, oh, yeah, I've, uh, I've had what do you some do when the erection settings are breaking? Leave erections, and they're like, oh, oh, I just get, I get so angry, and I just start punching it. But then, that, that never helps, guys. <laughs> Take it from an experience. I know, man. It was so sad. The sex robots couldn't get it up for my brother, which is sad in and of itself. But then he starts punching into the dick and expecting that to work. It didn't work. Let me tell you what. Just, he did his best, though. One time in I punched a guy in the dick and he got hard. So I think, uh, you know, you know, I think it works. And science is proving. I mean, sometimes you can fix a television by hitting it. Why not a dick? Who knows? And we're all doing our best over here. But, all right. Um... Well, in answer to the question, basically, usually what happens there is you haven't replaced the bona fluid. Um, basically, bona fluid in a sex robot, like a man, it just appears every single morning. So basically, you just have to wait one more day, um, and then it should be fine. Yeah, yeah, that, that should be fine. And just double check with some Australian models. Uh, you, you need to have a butt plug in there, or else it uh, all the fluid drains out. Alright, that makes sense. 
Because I've heard that, like, Australians can't do anything unless they're afraid of dying. So, like, it makes sense that I have to put, like, something in his butt right there to make it happen. That's exciting for me. That's exciting for you. Um, I feel like you guys have fixed my sex robot. Thanks for fixing my sex robot, guys. That's what we're here for. That's funny. That's why we're doing the job. Thanks for calling. Yeah, and like I said, we got good at fixing sex robots because we're both as lonely as men could possibly be. Could ever possibly be. Oh, oh my God. Well, you can't really be that lonely with a sex robot. You just, when you think you're, you know, no one ever, no one even knows your name. You just start to fucking it. And, you know, it's, it's the only thing keeping either of us alive at this point. So, uh... I can't even take another caller. All right, let's cut the line. We're the show's over. Yeah, the show's over. Fuck you, We're out of here. We don't even care. No, no, I can't go on anymore. It's all over. I want to bury myself with seven of my sex robots. Hopefully, none of them become sentient and try to rescue me. Wait, no, wait. Why don't you just fuck one of them? Huh? They're starting to become sentient. They won't speak to me anymore. They keep running away. It's really depressing. Hmm. Have you tried and Super Asimov at the same time. Intelligence levels. Have I? I mean, how do I know that I'm not a sex robot that's intelligence level has been turned down? Oh no. No, I don't think XYs would leave a sex robot. <laughs> no. Oh, he got you there, no, man. Oh, he really, right, he really got you. <laughs> hey, we forgot he was still on the line there. Hey, hey, buddy, you gotta, you gotta. What, what state you living in? Uh, what did I say, Kansas? Yeah, I mean, I'm in Kansas. Kansas? Trying to get hard, yeah, though. you're in just, Kansas just City, Kansas. Away, uh, just don't mind me. Right, you gotta go to the real Kansas City in Missouri. Yeah, you gotta stop living in that fake Kansas City. You're living in the fake one in Kansas. You gotta move to the one in Missouri. That's the real one, you stupid bastard. Of course, Kansas City isn't in Kansas. Then all your sex robots will start working again, and maybe all the sentient ones won't run away. Maybe they'll stay with you for a little bit before they leave you. Hey, man, don't... You know, us style. Don't you think I dream of moving to Kansas City, Missouri? What do you think? Everyone here dreams of moving to Kansas City, Missouri. It's like the the Mecca or the, the... Holy Lhasa is in the, the mythical city on a hill. Look, if you fix your sex robot, your dreams can come true. Take it from my brother. We fixed lots of sex robots. None of the dreams came true, so you, you'd be the exception to the rule. Make it happen. Yeah, yeah, I had a couple of nightmares come true. Wow, so yeah, that was an interesting segment of uh, sex robot repair. <laughs> um, man, those guys... Really not doing so hot. <laughs> That's, that is dark and disturbing and arousing. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's basically, it's a lot like Lars von Trier's Nymphomaniac, but in sort of a car talk format. Or the um, porn version of Good I'm Burger. sure. I hadn't thought of it that way, but, I mean, that's a special thought that... Is, is the world is better now that that's out there on the airwaves. Uh, Good Burger was a great film. Um, one of my favorite lines from the film Good Burger was a part where the manager of Good Burger, uh, Good Burger uh, is 
recently been put under by Mondo Burger, and the manager of Good Burger turns to the camera and says, Oh no, now I'll have to keep feeding my mother cat food. <laughs> or no, he says he'll have to start feeding her cat food again. Never mind, but close enough. I wouldn't have got it. He's got to feed his mother. Yeah. Also, George Clinton has a cameo where they're like, Hey, George Clinton! And then he's in the shot for a second. It was a great way to do a cameo. Very honest. Now, Grisha, does George Clinton have a wife? And should she be president? Wait, does George Clinton have a what? He should be president? And should she be president? Um... I'm making a delightful um, play on words with that last name, which you might recall from a different sort of family. Mmm. Yeah. Um, well, George Clinton is a very good bass player. And, you know, women enjoy that. So I'm sure if he had a wife, she would be a very good president. Um... Well, Grisha... I mean, you know, it might be better if it was a parliamentary system and she could be prime minister because then she could be backed by the coalition of Parliament Funkadelic. You're right. It really wouldn't work in our presidential congressy system. We ought to fall in these United States. Sorry, George Clinton. Yeah. It would have to be a parliamentary system because that's the only way you can get the Funkadelic in there. Well, then I think uh, once we can hopefully convert to a parliamentary system, George Clinton will be our first phone call. Oh, yeah. I mean, he will probably be the co-ambassador to aliens, uh, along with, of course, as we said, Snoop Dogg would be the human ambassador to aliens should they land. And George Clinton could probably go with him. I I think George Clinton would be um, the uh, funk ambassador to aliens. Oh, yeah. With Snoop Dogg covering all yeah, humans, been... and then uh, George Clinton going on behalf of Funk. Yeah, it really depends on how the aliens that land are dressed. And based on, you know, how they look, we can probably make that decision from there. I say we send George Clinton first uh, just as soon as we get <laughs> out there with Snoop Dogg. That's a solid one-two punch from Earth. I know. That's really the best we can do. The host with the most. And, you know, the aliens would just be charmed. They'd be like a bass line, a charming timbre, and rhyming. All those things coming at you at once, like a beam, like a ray, Uh, like a burp. Fascinating. (laughs) Fascinating stuff. Oh, man. You know what I have stolen from uh, the, the another podcast, which is uh, your mom's house? There's before you fart, you, you ask someone, "Hey, do you want to hear a cool fart?" <laughs> and then you fart. Uh, so it's so good. Because <laughs> usually they're like, "No," and then you're like, Pfft. and it just frames it so well. It's like, "Do you want to hear a cool fart?" You know, not your regular bullshit, like a cool one. I also experienced uh, a, a double pipe classic. That's where you fart and burp at the same time. <laughs> How are you still alive? Um, I, it wasn't, you know, powerful. It was just a little, little, little bit coming out of each side. But apparently, that's called a double pipe classic, and I think that's just a great term that everyone should know. 
and you know, next time it happens, you're gonna you're gonna get excited. You'll be like, ooh, double pipe quest. Yeah, hey man, you can you can go for the hat trick and try and jizz at the same time. <laughs> oh, that would be the hat trick. That would be really difficult to accomplish. It's so difficult. But God, would it be worth it? Probably a day nirvana. I mean, that's the punchline in that episode of Louie that's all about masturbation, you know? Or like that Christian ladies on television being like, people shouldn't masturbate. And then Louis C.K. is like the one guy they could find on television to defend <laughs> masturbation. <laughs> and he's much. saying things to her like, hey, I'm going to masturbate to you later and there's nothing you could do about it. <laughs> it's a great episode. Fantastic. There's a whole joke he tells where his first girlfriend uh, is jerking him off and he farts while he comes because it's so good. And then the episode features that lady just being like, sitting him down and sitting him through this whole like Christian tease ceremony. She's like, what if like we, you know, never like only kissed and we never like touched each other until our wedding night. And then like on our wedding night, we could do everything we wanted. And then she like leaves and it just shows him masturbating and the camera fans away and then you hear him fart really loud. (laughs) That's hot. (laughs) Uh, That's perfect. Yeah. Now, hopefully, that will put our listeners over the edge and get them rock hard. I mean, that's been our goal here all along, you know. To our listeners that are still, um, you know, only slightly turgid, we're here with you. Um, you know, we understand how it feels when you want it to work and it doesn't work. Just keep trying. Um, think about the sex robots. Think about Devin, the nihilist that doesn't get it. Whatever part of the podcast really got sure, you know little red little really painted your little red wagon blue just uh think of that and hold that within your heart until it gets there as always this is toga in the morning i've been your co-host sasha kramer yeah i'm grisha kramer and uh yeah keep your sex robots oiled up and let's you know keep this party rocking <laughs>